Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Friday. It is the 28th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Iowa Democratic leaders say abortion is on the ballot this fall. IPR's Katarina Sestarek reports they say Iowans should elect a Democratic governor and state lawmakers to prevent an abortion ban. Lawyers for Republican Governor Kim Reynolds will be in Polk County District Court Friday to ask for the reinstatement of the so-called fetal heartbeat law. It would ban abortions as early as six weeks into pregnancy with exceptions. Deidre DeGier is the Democrat running against Reynolds. I want people to understand that she is responsible for where we are in these moments. The fact that she is pushing legislation that doesn't lift Iowans up, the fact that she's pushing legislation that doesn't add value to our communities but causes harm. DeGier says abortion bans can put women's lives at risk, and Democrats say Republicans will ban abortion without exceptions if they keep control of the governor's office and legislature. Reynolds has previously declined to directly answer questions about whether she wants future abortion laws to have exceptions. Meanwhile, Governor Reynolds stopped in Sioux City last night to energize Republican voters to head to the polls on November 8th. Alongside other Republican candidates in state races, she pushed parental rights and education and secure borders. She condemned President Joe Biden for inflation. She says she's confident in her party's ability to shift power toward the GOP and the U.S. House and Senate. We're excited to have him back in the state. Uh, we're excited to continue to energize Republicans to get out and vote. And that's really what we're doing. We've got a phenomenal team here that's running hard uh, to serve Iowans. Reynolds will continue to campaign throughout the state and will be back in Sioux City next week. That's because Donald Trump is headlining a rally in western Iowa where he'll give his support to both Reynolds and Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. Iowa State University engineers have gotten a grant from the EPA for research to help remove barriers for small rural communities so they can help reclaim wastewater and rainwater. IPR's Katie Pikes reports they want to help rural communities use that water for other purposes. Researchers want to take water that goes from your toilet to a sewage treatment plant, remove the bacteria and other contaminants, and then use the water for other needs like irrigation, firefighting, even drinking. Iowa State University's Kaoru Ikuma is the project's lead researcher. When it comes to rural small communities, like many in Iowa, really it's a struggle to find more than one type of water that they can use and have the, you know, the plan B if something goes wrong. Ikuma says the goal is to help those communities broaden their view on reusing treated wastewater for everyday things. And she says water reuse can be especially helpful in drought. She'll work with researchers from the University of Rhode Island and University of California, Berkeley. There's no snow in the forecast, but several big orange DOT trucks have been on the highway with their sprayers going. DOT Winter Operations Director Craig Bargfried says they're spraying plain old water, not salt brine. The purpose of that is to make sure that everything is calibrated and we're putting out exactly the right amount of material and the right amount of liquid, depending upon uh, which which material we're using. Bargfried says all the trucks are outfitted with a GPS system that's connected with a spray, connected to the spray controllers. They're 
making sure they're all ready for when there is winter weather. Beggar's night is this Sunday night, but some Iowans may be leaving their porch lights off to keep trick-or-treaters away this year because candy prices are a bit too scary. Ann Villamil is an economics professor at the University of Iowa. She says the latest Consumer Price Index report shows candy prices up 13% from last Halloween. She says labor costs are up, and so are things like sugar, milk, and flour. You're listening to Hear First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. For many people, fall means taking trips to the pumpkin patch, getting lost in a corn maze, or catching a hayride. All of those activities are part of agricultural tourism, and it's a booming industry. As Harvest Public Media's Excarent Nunez reports, welcoming visitors to the farm is also a source of income for producers. It's a crisp fall afternoon at the P-Bar Farms, and Lauren Liebscher is driving families on his tractor to take them to his pumpkin patch. We're almost there. I see the pumpkins. Liebscher has been running his seasonal agritourism attraction for 21 years in the small town of Hydro, Oklahoma. The main farm attraction is his 10-acre corn maze, one of Oklahoma's first. We started with just three things. We had a pumpkin patch, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Liebscher says he got into the agritourism business after he grew tired and stressed from being a wheat farmer. He got the idea to do a corn maze from an article in an ag magazine about a farmer making big profits off his maze. He said, okay, the corn in the maze is worth $1,000. Or he said, I just grossed $100,000 doing agritainment. Do you think I really care about the corn? <laughs> the U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates that agritourism, everything from corn mazes to apple orchards, has grown to nearly a billion-dollar industry. Kendra Meyer is an agritourism specialist for Iowa State University's Extension Office. She says one reason why people are visiting farms more is because they like to see where their food comes from. More and more people are moving to urban areas, and so people are removed just one step further from the farm life. And so getting out on the farm, you know, being able to see that apple they picked where it came from rather than just going and picking it up in the grocery store um, is a fun and exciting thing. Meyer says farmers she talks to typically get into agritourism as a way to make a side income. But it also allows farmers to share their story with visitors. And when you share that with, you know, to someone coming on your farm, it, it gives you a connection that you feel immediately with that farmer. And at least for me, I know it makes me feel good about buying my produce there because it's someone you trust, it's someone you know. Sherilyn and Alan Huffling have run their Huffling Pumpkin Patch and Corn Maze near Marcus, Iowa, as a side business for the past 26 years. They say they've never really thought of themselves as an agritourism attraction. They don't charge visitors to enter their patch, only for the pumpkins people pick off the vine. Gerilyn says they set it up every year because they genuinely enjoy having families visit their farm. Our passion for starting the pumpkin patch was having a place for families to go. I always tell people, first and foremost, we are a pumpkin patch. I want people to go out and pick. That's part of the fun. But getting started in agritourism isn't the easiest thing to do. Tara Peters and her husband have owned a pumpkin patch in Rolla, Missouri for 12 years. So when we started the pumpkin patch, you know, we kind of didn't know what we were doing. Today, Peters is a member of the Missouri Farm Bureau's Agritourism Committee. 
She says they learned from other farmers how to build up their business. When you're starting out, that's who you rely on, people that have done it before, and then you come share what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and then you grow from there. Back on the pea bar farms, a three-year-old girl is looking around to pick out her first pumpkin. A pumpkin! Yeah, come on, let's look at it over here. It's too heavy. Yeah, let's go find a different one. It's moments like these Lauren Liebscher says he'll miss. After two decades, he's put his farm up for sale. His wife had health issues last year, and he says it's time to move on. And it'll be hard for me because it's been such a huge part um, of my life, and, and I've spent a lot of time and effort in agritourism. Liebscher hopes the next owner of his corn maze will put as much passion into the business as he did. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Excaret Nunez. This is Iowa Public Radio's Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Leland.